You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Just a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we could produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, at Podmania, YouTube and Instagram, at The Real Podmania. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at www.podmania.weebly.com. Let's do this. And welcome to another episode of the Pod Mania podcast, our final hour review. I'm joined, of course, by Garth. How are you, my friend? Good, yeah, yeah. Looking forward to talking this. It's quite quite a good uh, show. Yeah, not a bad show at all. I think there was where it was good, it was really good. Um, where it was indifferent, I it it struggled to keep my attention. But <laughs> I think the bits that were positive certainly outweighed the negatives. Yeah. Um, we've got. Four matches on the card um, for the TV special final hour this week. Um, of those four matches, one was a squash. Um, yeah. But they gave the matches time to breathe, which was nice. Uh, one of the match went almost 20 minutes. So they, they're they learning, slowly but surely, to just let the wrestling do the talking, which we've been saying for God knows how long. We'd say it's a slammiversary. Yeah. You know? Let the wrestling do the talking. You've got the talent. Just let them wrestle, and slowly but surely they seem to be doing it. With the exception, unfortunately, of uh, poor Eli Drake, who was God. who was subjected to some awful, awful booking in this show, and we'll we'll get into that in a moment. Um, but just just quickly, what do you think of all this Eli Drake nonsense? Um. Well, when they started. Pushing the story, especially when the the showed him sort of go meet Joseph Park, I thought, and then the, the fact that Joseph Park was like, we could own Impact straight away. I was like, yeah, I mean, on that definitely that would have been such a good story. Yeah, of them pursuing Don Callis, um, or well, Don Callis being the sort of shadow owner, um, but yeah, I mean, it just seemed to have sort of gone cold straight away on it. <laughs> yeah, it was. I don't know. You, you've said before that it feels like they've pulled the plug on an idea and it, it felt very much like this tonight. Well, this show, I should say. It felt feels like they've swerved us for the sake of a swerve. And uh, I don't know. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't into it at all. Um, mm. But we, we've jumped ahead of ourselves. We started with a match straight into a match. No prelude tonight. Apart from the fact that we did get a recap of that sensational Killer Cross promo from last week to lead us in. Which again, if you haven't already watched it, I actively encourage you to go and find it now. It's brilliant. Um, We did start with the Lucha Brothers taking on the OGs in a tag match. The backstory to this match, of course, being that the OGs and King have found that they can get to LAX uh, by attacking Pentagon and Phoenix. This has gone... This has had mixed results uh, for the OGs, um, especially as Conan doesn't seem to give two shits <laughs> if they attack Pentagon and Phoenix, which seems to... Oh, no. uh, yeah, Conan, absolutely fine with this. In fact, there was a promo, a backstage skit last week, where Conan literally said the words, they can fend for themselves. Yeah, they can laugh for themselves. <laughs> and to be fair, if you're going to attack, but you don't attack Pentagon and Phoenix, for God's sake. <laughs> anyway, this match, Garth, opinion. It was really good, really good opener. Um, had a bit of everything, sort of. Obviously, you got Phoenix 
flipping and flying all over the shop. Yeah. Um, Pentagon, smash mouth. Um, and I, I think um, Hernandez and Homicide sort of get some plaudits as well because they pretty much went sort of blow for blow. Yeah. And there was a lot of, I mean, there was a lot of dives and stuff like that, but there was some, like, especially from, like, Pentagon and Phoenix, some of the moves they were pulling off together. I've never seen stuff before like that, some of it. Their double teams, especially in that finishing sequence, were absolutely outstanding. Yeah, stuff like, well, definitely stuff I've never seen, like, in that sort of environment on basically an American show. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. It was just... That, like you say, that ending was amazing. Yeah. Um, the ending of the match, for me, was just... It was brilliant, and it really did showcase the talent that Impact have got on their roster at the moment. Um, I thought Homicide and Hernandez started the match very well. Um, Hernandez, despite his significantly bigger size than anyone else in the ring, managed to dive <laughs> over the top rope. That was good. <laughs> which was fairly impressive. Um Homicide hit rolling suplexes, which was quite cool. Um, a lot of super kicks. Um, the main turning point was when um, Hernandez had got Pentagon on the top rope, was going for some manner of superplex. He gets taken off by um, Phoenix and ends up in this tree, tree of woe position, holding himself up. The most contrived way of taking a move. I hate yeah. it. I hate it. I hate it. Um, but he takes a he takes a double stomp to the groin for his troubles um and then this just ridiculous onslaught of double team moves that just were fantastic um phoenix hit a swanton that jeff hardy would be proud of the height he gets on that swanton i know like even has time to sort of he does a sort of what when eddie grow used to do the frog splash and he would curl into the ball a bit yeah he did that, but the other way, and kicked his legs out, and just yeah. He seemed to change direction. It was yeah. uh, it was very very impressive. Um, then we had this double team wheelbarrow thing where Pentagon is in the wheelbarrow position. Phoenix has got Pentagon in the wheelbarrow position, and they sort of sunset flip it so that Phoenix is slammed on top of Hernandez. Yeah. Uh, for the victory, and it was just it was. It was a very, very entertaining match. A very, very entertaining finish. Very, very inventive. As you've said, I don't think either of us have ever seen anything, you know, like and that. The stuff where was it? Uh, Phoenix was st- stood on Pentagon's shoulders. Yeah. Doing sort of missile drop kicks and stuff. It's. I could watch these two wrestle forever. Yeah. Um, these two Definitely. have got fantastic chemistry. Obviously, they're brothers, but you know. They have got fantastic chemistry. Um, what is your opinion of the result of this match? Um, I don't. Th- to be honest, I was like, I was kind of expecting the OGs to win, just for the story. Yeah. Because then, obviously, that's gonna. But then again, do we want more Lex versus the OGs? No. Are they trying to move it away from that? Potentially, and obviously we've said on this podcast before that I think they're killing the feud at the right time. Yeah. Um, before we get sick of it, the only problem is with that is that in the last three big pay-per-view matches, last four if you can, uh, if you count the parking lot brawl, 
OGs have lost four out of four. Mm. They lost to LAX at Slammiversary. They lost to LAX in the car park lot brawl. They lost to LAX at Bound for Glory. And now they've lost to Pentagon and Phoenix mm-hmm. at Final Hour. And for so you know, they've got an outstanding mouthpiece in King. You know, he's amazing, oh, yeah. but at the moment I'm starting to worry that he is going to get the Bray Wyatt treatment in the fact that he is going to speak fantastic words but have literally nothing to back them up with because yet again yeah. they've been thwarted and And you you sort of get the feeling that it's the 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 sort of the booking is, oh, well, it's Hernandez and Homicide. It doesn't hurt them because they're still this sort of revered, legendary tag team. But it is going to start hurting them. Yeah. I mean, you've got to start handing them wins. Even if it's just on Impact TV, you have got to start handing them wins because otherwise... And Impact aren't exactly blessed with a large tag team roster. And, you know, you can't really afford to bury one as you are doing the OGs. Um, it's it'll be interesting to see where these tapings in Vegas take us, um, especially as I imagine you know as we get towards the end of the year. Now we'll be building towards um, Homecoming uh, on January sixth. It'll be interesting to see if the OGs have a place on that card because on merit they don't deserve one. No, and they don't unless they're going to feud with Pentagon and Phoenix. There's nothing. Not, no story for them. No. Um, I'd like to see the Lucha Brothers take the tag team titles. And mm-hmm. I think this next bit, this little backstage interchange, could be the start of that. Almost yeah. the little seed. So Conan comes backstage to celebrate with Pentagon and Phoenix. Um, LAX arrive and look quite puzzled as to why Conan's there. Um, Conan says he's just invited pentagon and phoenix to their after party um again ortiz and santana were like all right okay yeah fair (laughs) enough and they sort of blew it off and it was fine but there was just that moment where you thought pentagon and phoenix and lax oh my god yes all of the yes take my money with conan in the middle yeah absolutely not sure who to support he's known phoenix and pentagon for god knows how long but lax are his boys give me that feud Honestly, absolutely take my money. And if that is at Homecoming, I'd buy that pay-per-view just for that show. Yeah. You know, aside from the fact that we do an Impact podcast. Um, <laughs> we then got the debut of Jordan Grace. Um, she was taking on Katarina. Um, opinions, Garth, on Jordan Grace? Um, well, it's the first time I've ever really seen her, and I totally and utterly agree with um, Don Callis. And that she reminds me of a female version of Rhino. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I can see that she's built very, very similar. Um, yeah, short, short, stocky arms, but but sort of really sort of like stout. What made me laugh was she came into the ring and she flexed her biceps, and genuinely, I think her biceps might be bigger than my head. Um, oh yeah, she's, she's built. Yeah. And her nickname, Thick Mama Pump, is just, yeah, sensational. Um, But yeah, basically, this was a glorified jobbing match. Um, It was there to introduce us to Jordan Grace, who obviously rose to a lot more prominence with her um, her performance at All In. Um, 
for me, and this might seem a little bit harsh, I think if this is a jobber match or a squash match or a debut for Jordan Grace, should Katarina have got as much offence in as she did? I was going to say that. She seemed to have a lot more of the... She was on top of a lot more of it, and the sort of win for um, Grace seemed to come against the runner play. Yeah, it was... I don't know. I just... It made her look strong. Jordan Grace, obviously, that that press slam was, you know, showed off fantastic mm. strength. But Katarina had the majority of the offense. She had a big boot. She had a slingshot at DDT. Um, I don't know. Hopefully, she's built more consistently as this massive monster. And, you know, it was a jobbing match. You know, it was a squash. Two minutes, 35, the match went. So, I, mean, I suppose it does show you the fact that she could take all that beating and then just out of nowhere pull out that bear hug. Yeah. And that's enough to sort of end the match. I am going to say now I absolutely hate the bear hug as a move. I don't it's... mind it as a move, but it's not. And I it's understand not... that you're squashing the air out of someone and I understand it can be quite an impactful finisher, but I just, looking at it, I hate it. Yeah, it's it's not it's not what I would class as a finisher. No, no, I, I, I don't know. I'm not a fan. Not a fan at all. Anyway, um, we then cut to a picture of Brian Cage arriving in Ohio <laughs> um, at the arena and he turns up and some very, very skinny men are outside of Rockstar Pro Arena and they attempt to stop Brian Cage getting in. So good. It was like, um, it's like the, the opening scene on uh, Terminator. It is. It is absolutely like that. When he turns up at the bar and tries to take everyone's clothes. Yeah, he's just fantastic. There's a bit where he lawn darts someone, um, <laughs> reminiscent of Kevin Nash lawn darting Rey Mysterio in the yeah. um, in WCW. Um, he absolutely destroys these men, launches them into the doors, you know, slams them into metal, absolutely destroys him. So he makes his way into the arena, gets into the ring, takes his microphone, says, "I'm here, Sammy. Let's do this." Um. Sammy Callahan does eventually come in with a baseball bat and takes an absolute basting. An <laughs> absolute basting. Yeah. Um I really I really enjoyed this angle because it's good. we knew we weren't gonna get a match. Really. Um because with it taking place at Rockstar Pro and it being a match that must have been taped and then inserted into this show, <laughs> we'd have found out a result if there was a match. But what I did like was the fact that all of these people from Ohio eventually just holding Brian Cage in place, swarming yeah. him as Sammy hits Cage with the X Division title. And they just all attack him. And I thought it was a nice harkening back to last week when Brian Cage said he was going to drill claw everything. Yeah. I mean, he he, he did hold them all off and they were coming at him sort of one at a time or two at a time. We did that crazy sort of triple move yes did he have someone on his back someone in a suplex or something and somebody I think he did he did some way slam like three of them at once he's just he's a freak I love, I love the bit where he just threw Sammy Callan into the crowd yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's just he is an absolute genetic freak um, and I love him I love yeah. him. 
I think this angle was perfect. I think the way they did it was perfect. I feel like even though Sammy Callahan came out on top here um, after hitting, eventually hitting the Cactus Driver afterwards and posing with the title, they made Brian Cage look incredibly strong in defeat. Oh, this yeah. is literally the epitome of making someone look strong in defeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Um, Taya then cuts a promo. It's standard, really. just says that Tessa's a coward, basically. And that's just coming for the title. Um, yeah. I'll I'll have another match between these two. Um, they mm-hmm. seem to be getting better each time they wrestle. So, you know, if the third one is even better, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Um, I'm not entirely sure why Taya is suddenly so entitled. That's uh, what I keep thinking. It's like, what? How have you jumped the queue? Well, she called Tessa in a promo entitled, and I was like, that's a bit rich coming from you. You turned up on a screen and said you wanted a match. Yeah. I mean, Because you you're been... you Lucha royalty, apparently. Well, yeah. It doesn't help that she's married. You know, helps that she's married to uh, John Morrison as well. Yeah. But, mm. yeah, I just felt, I, you know, it was, a, it was a nothing promo, really. You know, she was coming for the title. We'd sort of guessed that anyway. It was sort yeah. of cementing but, what we already knew. So by the numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Um we then had despite this being a TV special, we still had the Global <laughs> Wrestling Network flashback of the week. And it's like for fuck's sake. But to be fair, did you watch it? No, I didn't. I watched it. It was absolutely amazing. And it was from the World Cup. Yeah. Um I mean it must have been was it 2008 or 9? In my notes, I've put Impact in 2008. And I know it yeah. was the Motor City Machine Guns taking on Naruki Doi and Masato Yoshino. Yeah. What they call uh, Speed Bustle. That's <laughs> fucking terrible. Terrible name. The, the match was absolutely brilliant, though. Like, I watched... Because I watched... I started watching it and I skipped forward a little bit. And then I saw what was happening. And I just... I couldn't stop watching it. It was so fast. It was so hard hitting. Yeah, it was. It was technically amazing. So I just watched it. it was, I did enjoy it. I just feel like if you are building to a TV special, you know, mm-hmm. which is effectively a mini pay per view, you yeah, should be able to fit two hours of shit in without yeah. <laughs> cutting to an, another match from ten years ago. Um, it's it's something that will. It's something that gripes me all the time. <laughs> every week. Every week, I still don't understand why they have to do it. You know. If you haven't got enough stuff to fill your show, cut your time down. Until um, you get until you get a crimson match, you're not gonna be happy. Well, just <laughs> wait till Relic turns up. Oh god, yes. Did you know or, that's um, killer backwards? Bl- oh yeah. Uh, what was um what was he called? Black Rain. Gold dust. Oh, big fat gold dust. Oh yeah. Jesus, he was enormous, wasn't he? In fairness, I, I shouldn't say that. He was going through a terrible time in his personal life, but yeah, it was alarming just how different Black Rain and Gold Dust are. It's if you haven't seen them, just have a look and appreciate just how much Dustin Rhodes has managed to turn his turn himself around. Yeah. Um we then get Moose and Killer Cross delivering promos with Mackenzie. Moose basically talks about how Eddie's been a thorn in his ass. He's you know, he's gonna. Keep... I, just, I just burst out laughing when he said a thorn in my ass. He just he looked as opposed to angry. He just looked put out, which was yeah. better. He just looked like, honestly, this is really getting on my tits now. Can we stop this? 
Um, which was it, the way he delivered it was brilliant. Just I love it how he always sort of makes a point of um, sort of making the interview at is it Kenzie? Yes. He always makes the interview. He goes Kenzie, Kenzie, Kenzie. It's the way he makes her feel so uncomfortable, and it's almost <laughs> uncomfortable watching them, but not enough to it turn is. it off. Um, Killer Cross then gets the microphone, sort of elaborates on what he said last week, said that he's not nervous, sort of shows his hand, and it's true, he's not nervous, not shaking at all. Nope. Um, and says that he hopes Impact signed the waiver twice. Yeah. Um, Excellent. I mean, no, we'll we'll wait till we get the main event before we before we talk about this match because. Even though the build-up has been fantastic, I felt that, no, I'm not going to talk about it now. We'll talk about it in a minute. Um, we then get uh, to see a couple of the fan videos sent to Scarlet for this talent search. Um, we had a man who was clearly high as fuck. <laughs> we had a man in a budget Sinkara mask hula hooping. That was, um, that was um, Shark Boy. Was it the real? Oh, that's right. It was Shark Boy's mask. Yeah. Of course, it was. Um, <laughs> and then we had another man in a lucha mask saying that he could be Scarlet's private security. <laughs> and then my favourite bloke in the world, some guy, just a, a picture of his face, and he just went, <laughs> "I'm not that great, but why not me?" Yeah. And it was like, "Yes, you, you are absolutely <laughs> the man." I'd love him to turn up on Impact in a couple of weeks' time and just go, I have no talents. <laughs> I have no talents, but I'm hilarious. I just don't see what this is for. Like, oh. No, and I I just I don't see I just don't see how unless Scarlet starts to manage a wrestler from Impact, I don't see where her place is. No. I just how long is how long is she... When did she debut? Oh, fucking. Was it about so six weeks ago or something? Oh no, it was. Um, was it. It was after Slammiversary. I think it was might it? have been the week after Slammiversary. Because it's been nothing. It's been absolutely nothing. Well, what has she done, really? Um, she Just... managed to. I mean, KM and Falabar meet her in this bit. Um, and they sort of say that because, you know, they've she's done so much for them. And you look at them and go, has she done that much? I mean, Falabar got a title match, but KM did that and Austin Aries mm. did that. He, he had nothing to do with Scarlet Bordeaux. And then she says, you know, the team said, but we need you. And it's like, do you? Do you, though, really? Um, Scarlet says they did well for a while. And then started to fail. I was like, did they do well? Didn't they win one match? And it was against the Desi shit squad. Yeah, and then that was pretty much it. And then they disappeared off telly. Yeah, and you know, I, I, I don't understand. I wish I understood, because it's making my brain hurt. And what she, she... she has had matches on as well. On um, Explosion. I d- what, why? Which is like the sort of like the live dark TV, I don't know. Oh, it's just, I, d- I don't understand where this can go. The best bit of this was KM begging and making Falabar dance for her. <laughs> that was the best thing. And then Falabar um, fainting onto the sofa. 
Oh yeah, wow. When she touched him. Basically, it's just, I just—it feels like it's been written by sort of old, dirty men. It feels like who, it's been written by Vince Russo. Yeah, or Vince McMahon even. Yeah, let's Vince still, McMahon. Still stuck in the diva period. I just, I don't, I don't get it. No, I do not get it at all. Um, Scarlett signs off by saying, "If they win something in Vegas, maybe they'll get lucky." Well, if they've won something in Vegas, they don't need you, do they? Nope. You tit. Um, Get off. Very childish <laughs> insult. Um, we then got, for me, match of the night. In fact, yeah, by a mile, match of the night. Um, Moose taking on Eddie Edwards. Um, Jesus Christ, there was some hard-hitting bits in this match. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sure at one point Eddie Edwards lost, lost a tooth. I'm sure at one point Eddie Edwards genuinely knocked himself out. Yeah. Um, but opinion Goff, what do you think? Loved it. Loved everything about it. It was just just two people absolutely going for it. Um you're literally using anything and everything around them. Like cans of beer. Yeah. Full cans of beer. Full cans of beer. Um buckets that buckets. we used to hold the beer, which at one point um Moose put on top of Eddie Edwards' head and then big booted it off, which looked quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was so many chops in this match. Oh, was... I mean, we're not talking Ishii versus Suzuki levels of brutality, but those chops were getting harder and harder yeah. and harder and harder. And even the bits that went to the outside, they they didn't feel, you know, just oh god, here we go, it's a brawl, well, so we're outside. There was a, um, the sort of bit where he just dove. Was it, did he dive into him and literally took the the railing back about five foot? It was the first move of the match. As Moose yeah. was sort of, you know, doing his thing, um, Eddie Edwards straight away with a suicide dive. And it was it, it did take the entire of that uh, barricade out, which, again, I thought Eddie Edwards had hit his head on it, which he probably did, yeah. to be fair. He's he did, a, I think he did. He's just a bloody nutcase. Um, there was that overhead belly to belly when um, Edwards is it Moose running at Eddie Edwards? Moose, yeah, outside, yeah. And Eddie Edwards just literally flips him over into an overhead belly to belly, <laughs> and it was like on the outside. And it just it sounded amazing. It looked amazing. It was brilliant. Um, just the bit where he just he got that bucket and it was obviously full of full cans of beer and just smashed it into Moose. Yeah, that must have hurt. Like, I mean. Full cans of beer being hurled at you. <laughs> I mean, I don't care how big you are. That hurts. Yeah. It hurts. Um, you know, we have the typical standoff with the strikes. You know, Eddie Edwards does his ripping his shirt off and saying, you know, I'm hard. Hit me harder. You know, he must go through an entire wardrobe in these impact tapings. He's <laughs> the amount of slaps he's taken to an open chest. Uh-huh. Just the amount of times he ripped his shirt open. Um, Eddie Edwards stole Moose's finisher, hit the spear. And then hit yeah. a Tiger Driver. Tiger Driver looks lovely for two. Unfortunately, not enough. Then for me, we get one of the most sickening bumps ever, where Moose picks up Eddie Edwards in a powerbomb position and powerbombs him onto the outside, onto the ramp. Yeah, and he bounces off he, the ramp. He bounces, and genuinely, I thought he hit the base of his skull on the ramp, and I thought he'd knocked himself out. It was yeah. savage. The sound of that will haunt me. 
honestly, it was like a slap and then it was a thunk. And it was like, oh my god, well, Eddie Edwards is dead. Well, I suppose that means Musa's won by default, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alicia comes out to check on Eddie. Um, it is quite funny because when she stands up, you appreciate just how small she is in comparison to Moose. Moose is an absolute monster. Moose is enormous. And you don't really realise just how big he is, but Alicia is small, which doesn't help. So she sort of stands up to Moose for a bit and you're like, just just back off, just go Move backstage. <laughs> he will kill you. Um, Eddie Edwards sort of makes a mini comeback, um, but unfortunately just can't. You know, he has just been powerbombed to oblivion onto the bro- onto the ramp. Um, but Moose hits the spear for the win. Yeah. Correct result for me, this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Edwards took a lot of punishment in that match. Yeah. Um, there was even the top rope um, go to hell as well. Yes, I forgot about that, but yes, of course. And you can actually hear Moose yelling, go to hell. Uh-huh. Um, it was a great match. It was yeah, a really, really, really good. good, enjoyable match. Great story going in. Um, simple story going in. The correct person won. Um, Moose has got momentum going forward. I imagine that at some point he will challenge uh, Johnny Impact for the title, hopefully. Yeah. Um, I think he's got more credentials to go for it, really, than Killer Cross, if I'm honest. Yeah, definitely. And I think the only reason he hasn't gone for it is because of this program that he's in with Eddie Edwards. Um, I wish this had been the match at Bound for Glory. Yeah, rather than the bit of a clusterfuck that. The tag team schmoz. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit of a letdown, that was. And I feel this was an excellent match, and this should have been on the card, because this, for yeah. me, would have improved my rating of Bound for Glory, because that it's... tag match was one of my massive, massive, massive yeah, nitpicks was... about that pay-per-view. This is a perfect way to win that feud, I think, as well. Because you sort of see... Moose and he's just sort of, that's it, that's it. Sort of, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think it will be the end. And nah. I feel that's because of the backstage segment we get shortly. Um, where the doctor basically tells Eddie's got a concussion. He shouldn't do anything. Alicia's telling him to calm down. Apparently they've reconciled now, off <laughs> camera. Probably because they've now got a YouTube series or whatever it is. Um, but Eddie tells her that he needs to go after Moose. So I assume he's going to get hellbent and go after Moose in the same way he was going after Sammy Callahan before. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. We then get the fucking batshit segment of the show where <laughs> Ali and Kira Hogan uh, run into Father Jim Mitchell. Um, James Mitchell reminds Ali that she's made this deal, um, which I thought was just leaving a soul in hell. I didn't realise there was more strings attached to it, but apparently there is. Um, he says that he went through the same thing, but he embraced the darkness and says that she should also embrace the darkness. Ali puts up literally no fight at all. See you later. <laughs> yeah, basically, she just goes, are you going to touch my friends? Jim goes, um, no, probably not. And she goes, yeah, all right, that's good enough for me. See you later. Holds hands with, holds hands with him. And Sue Young, who's randomly appeared, apparently, as well as conjuring fireballs out of her hands, she can now teleport as well. Um, and they all hold hands and go off into the merry distance, which I imagine at some point means we're going to get Red Dead Redemption 
killer zombies in the dead realm too <laughs> with kira hogan being the first person shooter i imagine anyway she's gonna like the ghostbuster yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be awful i don't i don't really see how the legs that this angle can have um to be perfectly honest i don't really see how much more they can do but if it brings rosemary back and if we still have reverend jim mitchell on tv then i'm happy if we get more of that sort of B-movie schlocky crap that did last time, I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> hey, it was bad in the House of Horrors match. Yeah. Um, right. Garth. Yep. Eli Drake. Yep. The man was world champion this time a year yep. ago. In fact, I believe he yeah. went into Bound for Glory 2017 <laughs> as champion. He <It> did. <laughs> it's... It's been an interesting fall from grace, hasn't it? Um, it's like he's in some sort of weird, like, holding pattern where they just they've got to have him on TV, but they've got literally nothing from him to do. Where there's surely there's a match from somewhere. Is Joe Henry's doing nothing? Just stick him in a feud with him. I is he being stick him in a tag team? With him? Yeah, exactly. Is he being <laughs> punished for something? I don't know, honestly. He must be. And he must be under contract or something, because why would you stick around for this? It's it's bullshit. It really is. Um, Eli Drake arrives with Joseph Park, who is the saving grace of this. The man is just brilliant. <laughs> um, basically, they go over the lawsuit that they are going to be um, filing against Impact. Um, what made me laugh here was that Eli Drake said... Um, what they were going to do, then handed the microphone to Joseph Park and said, explain to them what we're going to do. And Joseph Park said the exact same thing with no yeah. embellishment whatsoever. <laughs> it was like, we're filing a suit against Impact for an unsafe work environment. Right, what are we going to do, Joe Parks? Well, we're going to file a suit against Impact for an unsafe work environment. <laughs> oh, good. Well, thank you for being vague. Um, then, at this point, Eli Drake low blows Joseph Park for absolutely no reason. Um, says that he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame um, and it's because of him as Abyss doing these ridiculous death matches that, you know, people like him have to work in an unsafe work environment. Um, he hits him with some chairs. Refs come out, chases the refs off, chokes um, Abyss out with his coat and there we go. Um so he's a bit of a hypocrite now, isn't he? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, in himself becoming a death match. Um, I just, I don't. <laughs> it's obviously leading to a, a Abyss versus Eli like full match. It's going to be in some sort of death match. <laughs> well, yeah, probably. Um, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not feeling it at all, and. Nah. I feel like this was a cop-out. I feel like this entire lawsuit thing was just like, well, what the fuck was the point? Yeah. Either get behind it or don't do it. Don't just bottle it halfway through. Like I said before, the the idea that they could potentially own Impact would have been such a good story. Yeah. Having Eli Drake as this heel sort of overlord of Impact would have been fantastic. It would have been something brand new. Um... Even just him sort of laying down the ideas that he would have, even though he doesn't have any chance of doing it, and him going around and trying to get the other workers to sort of sign up with him, that would have been quite entertaining. But, But, you know, lo and behold, we get the 
weird heel turn that for me seemed very reminiscent of Vince Russo esque booking swerve yeah. for the sake of a swerve. And it didn't really get much reaction, if I'm perfectly honest. Which was a shame. Especially for both men. Mm. We then got the world title match between Johnny Impact, the champion, and Killer Cross, the challenger. Now, Garth, I said we were going to talk about this later on. Yeah. Going into this, did you have a single thought in your head that Killer Cross was walking away with the title? No, not not one. <laughs> did that impact? Pardon the pun. Did that impact your viewing pleasure of this match? No, because I think the promos have helped sort of suspend the disbelief. The he's talked a good game, and you think, well, he's he's not going to, but he could, maybe, possibly, but even if not. He's still going to be a decent match, so yeah. I just sort of, I just sort of, just bought into it for the match and just thought, well, we'll see what happens. But I, I never thought it would actually happen. I'm not going to lie; I was slightly disappointed with this match, and the... I thought what? the match was the match was all right. The finish was rubbish. Yeah, the finish was shit. Um... I feel like Killer Cross deserved more than just one Starship pain for the win. One week. It was a very weak... Miss. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel the fact that Killer Cross didn't even attack Johnny Impact after the challenge, you know, after the mm-hmm. match, sort of get any sort of heat back. You know, we needed something else. You know, there was there was solid spots. Um, you know, there was Killer Cross with that sort of razor's edge from the outside back into the ring, which, you know, Johnny Impact took all the impact on his elbow, which, you know, considering the man has been out with an elbow injury, um, there was a lovely moment where Cross um, counters a tornado DDT into a suplex. thought that was really nice. I don't know. I knew Killer Cross wasn't leaving this match with the title, and I knew that from the get-go, and... Last week, that promo was absolutely, you know, superb. You know, his, his work on the microphone has never been anything short of superb. But I just, I feel like it's, he was never winning that and that impacted it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what it is about. What a, I get this feeling about Johnny Impact where it is, if, it, if he's not seeing it like this, it's, no, I'm not, I'm not losing. And I'm not going to be made to look weak either. I just, I, I don't think he will be doing that, but it just seems like he is. He's never, like, whereas with Aries, sometimes, I mean, that Falabar match even, there was a slight thing. What do you think? Falabar could do this because Aries sold it so well. Yeah. And yeah. I don't get that with Johnny Impact. I don't ever feel like he's not, that he's in danger. No, and I suppose as a champion, you want that to a certain degree. Um, but no, you're right. You know, Aries, every match he had, even with that jobber that um, <laughs> Anthony Corelli bought in. Yeah. You know, there was still that. Is this going to be our 
you know, our weird moment where, no, <laughs> no, okay, fair enough. But there was still that but, moment. The, I mean, I'm, he's just not, he's not a compelling character. His promos are pretty by the numbers or weak. Yep. I mean, in the ring, there's no question he's like really, really good. He? But I don't know, I just, there's something missing. There's something, I mean, Don Callis bigs him up and says he's the, the ultimate star and everything like that. And yeah, he's got the look and he's got the, the moves, but there's just something missing. His promo just doesn't do it. You said I've got the look. All I've got now in my head is the uh, Shawn Michaels theme tune. I've got the look. <laughs> I know I'm sexy. He wishes. <laughs> <laughs> well, he carries himself like a champion. Don't get me wrong, he looks like a champion. But just take for a moment that Countdown to Impact move. Which basically is a parkour jump from the top rope. I've never seen it actually hit before, and it hit in this match, and mm. it looked awful. It just looked like a. It looked like he'd undershot the elbow and then decided to roll into it. Yeah, it was. It was one of those. It's why people don't, or why people have difficulty, especially in New Japan, following Flip Gordon when he was in the Best of the Super Juniors, because he did so many things in such a complicated way that it was just like, well, that's ridiculous. Yeah, And, and that move is that. A, a lot of Johnny Max moves don't really look like they cause a lot of damage. It's a bloody finisher, doesn't Yeah. And don't get me wrong, ladies and gentlemen, we are not ragging on Johnny Impact. I love him as a wrestler. I think he's really good in the ring. I just feel like those two moves... They don't... Basically, my big thing from this is that Killer Cross deserved more than one Starship Pain. Yeah. Because if I you just... are trying to build Killer Cross this massive heel, and then he's been put away with one fairly shitty Starship Pain, it if, was we're, pretty poor. if we're honest, it's one he hit Ares with at least looked like it should finish a match. <laughs> and, you know, like I said, there was good spots. I just felt like it could have been a better match. I don't want Killer Cross walking away with this title, obviously, but a couple of false finishes would have been lovely. Yeah, or, or not not a DQ, because that would have been a bit of a poor, but like at least get some sort of retribution. Yeah. Or make it so like he punished Johnny Impact to the point where he's not jumping around the ring, jumping up straight straight up with the victory and jumping up on the ring post and like no damage had been done. Yeah. I feel like the story of this match was tailor-made to be Cross absolutely beating the living piss out of Johnny Impact and Johnny mm -hmm. Impact literally hanging in there until eventually he almost, not necessarily a fluky win, but he gets that win back and wins. You know, his typical babyface thing. But it seemed yeah. to me here that Impact was hitting, the, the story was completely reversed. You've got Impact hitting Killer Cross with that much and Killer Cross just kept kicking out. And it just made, it made Killer Cross look like he got no offense at all. The one yeah. good thing, apart from the um, Razor's Edge into the ring, was where he was playing dead. Yeah, that was good. And, you know, when Johnny Impact went to pick him up, which was like, why are you doing that? Don't be ridiculous. Um, Killer Cross picks him up into a gut wrench powerbomb, which I thought was ace. That was brilliant. That was a lovely bit of character work. <laughs> Yeah, don't call him a stupid bastard. A stupid bastard, which was brilliant. <laughs> but I just don't I don't feel like we got enough of that. Um but, you know, that's as is. 
you know, we knew Johnny Impact was going to win this match, and we knew Killer Cross wasn't. (laughs) So I just feel like there could have been a couple of things different. I just think you've got like, and I've always liked Johnny Impact, Mundo, Morrison, whatever you call him. I've always really liked him, but I've never, I've never, I've never imagined him as a talking champion because he never really ever had a good promo. No, and that for me, that's that's as important as being good in the ring. If you're a champion, his post you've got to sell it. Yeah, his post Bound for Glory sort of championship address, if you want, where Phoenix came out, wasn't overly bad. It was it was a decent promo, but it wasn't anything. I mean, that would knock the ball out of the park. The promo that he was doing for the match with Cross, I was watching it thinking. Has he got a fever or is he drunk or something? Because he just he wasn't even like looking straight. He just looked like he was all over the place. Yeah, I think it was. It didn't help that you got Killer Cross delivering an absolute stonker of a promo, and then Johnny mm-hmm. Impact being given very babyface, very by the numbers lines. And that's yeah. you know you've said already in this podcast that it is by the numbers. You know we're we're not. I know, I it's, just a diff- it's a different championship reign to what we had with Austin Aries. I know, and I love that so much. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed Austin Aries' title reign as well. But, unfortunately, that's nothing we can do about that. Yeah. But, next week, in the first of our Vegas tapings, we've got another great show. In, you know, sort of, potentially, anyway. Uh, next week, we've got Tessa Blanchard on the show. Uh, yep. It just says Tessa Blanchard in action. Uh, Eli Drake wants some time, so well, good gives me a chance to go and get you know <laughs> go for a piss. Um, LAX are having a match, hopefully to further that storyline with Phoenix and Pentagon. Please, Impact, if you're listening, Phoenix yeah. and Pentagon versus LAX, um, and then we've got two championship matches again. Uh, nice we've got one. Sammy Callahan taking on Brian Cage for the X Division title, That'd and then Johnny Impact taking on Matt Seidel. That's out of nowhere, isn't it? That's a blast from the past. It is, yeah. <laughs> Evan Bourne taking on John Morrison. Yeah. Is it for the championship or is it just a match? No, it's just a match. I apologise. It is not for the title. It's just a match. I genuinely think if that's not for the title, I think Impact will lose. Possibly. I think there's going to be interference. Oh, there's got to be. Because you've got be. Ethan, Ethan Page... You've got with Killer Seidel Cross and Moose. Killer Cross, yeah, and Moose. And who's with Johnny Impact? Nobody. <laughs> He's got Tay Valkyrie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, ladies and gentlemen, that is the show. The final hour pay-per-view. Overall, Garth, giving it a rating out of 10, what would you give it? Um, Overall, I think... A six and a half. That's pretty much spot on what I was going to give it. Yeah. Um, like you said before, the good bits were good and the bad bits weren't great. So, yeah, it was mixed bag. Yeah, there was excellent matches. For example, I loved the Brian Cage, Sammy Callahan stuff. Yeah. Um, I thought the match between Moose and Eddie Edwards was brilliant. Um. Yeah. The opening tag match was short but decent. You know, did what it needed to do. Um, campy as the Alley and Jim Mitchell stuff is. I love Jim Mitchell, so bit of nostalgia yeah. there. Um, 
but disappointingly, you got the main event, which was just that disappointing. The Eli Drake stuff, which seems to be just so directionless, and <laughs> you know, next week he could have the lawsuit again. Who knows? Um, and then finally, we've got that stupid stuff with Scarlet Bordeaux, which is a is just a it's such a chore to get through, and it's such a chore <laughs> to try and enjoy it when she can't act. Yeah. Oh, that music. Oh, and that music <laughs> and that stupid fake smile. Anyway, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, we're not going to end on a negative note. Overall, a decent show, just with a couple of things that need tweaking. Hopefully next week and those tapings in Las Vegas, we'll see an absolutely outstanding episode. Fingers yeah. crossed. In Absolutely. the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. You can talk to us on Twitter at, at @podmania. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Podmania Podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube at The Real Podmania, where you can follow our adventures in Podmania Pro Wrestling using Fire Pro Wrestling World, and you can watch Ignition win every week in the ratings war, which I am doing quite comfortably. <laughs> subscribe; it's really good fun. Um, you can also talk to me on Twitter at, at @realrobgoodwin. Where can they find you, Garth? Get me at, at Drummer Jackson. Okay, and until next week, same time, same place. We will see you again soon. Adios. Bye.